A game of rugby takes 80 minutes. That's 4,800 seconds. But it only takes one to win a scrum, to steal a line out, make a break and score a try. One second for a hero to become a legend, for one team to become champions. And it's their line-out that creates the opportunities to score their tries, and that's exactly what happened. He goes wide, and he finds a winger. Oiderman, he's faster than a bald man's haircut. Oiderman, and he gets the try. What a heartbreaker. Welcome to MLR Kickoff, episode 81, with your hosts, Dan Powell and Pete Steinberg. Folks, we made it. We survived the longest offseason in any sport in history, and we did it. Dan Powell with you, joined, as always, by the professor, who's been kind enough to put down the beakers, put down the Bunsen burner, turn the gas off. He's in the MLR lab. Pete, we made it, buddy. How you doing? I'm I'm doing well, but your um, what would I call it? Your stereotypes for professors is a bit annoying, right? Like, there's lots of kinds of professors that have to wear that you know they don't have to have beakers, they don't have to have white coats. Like my dad was a professor; he was professor of history. Mm-hmm. Definitely True. wore a white coat. You know what they say: if the shoe fits, wear it. And uh, I want the beakers and buns. I love science at school. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm like my my degrees in geochemistry. I I've spent a lot of time in a lab. Spent a lot That's of time pretty, in a lab. Let's get the get the coat on. I'm loving it. The professor <laughs> even sounds even more appropriate now than ever. But Pete, let's talk some let's talk some rugby. We made it. We we finally we here I, I, on the eve of week one. Yeah, it's 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 exciting. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting because I'm trying to work out how the weekend's going to go, right? I'm actually like planning my weekend. I'm like, all right, um, how do I get the kids? To, you know, I, I think Penelope will watch her rugby boys, which is any rugby team that's going on, if I tell her which color jersey they are, for about 15 minutes before she wants to watch her show. So that's not really useful. Elliot's just turned one. He was one on Friday. COVID baby. Um, but funny story, Dan. So um, I take Elliot to his... Uh, um, to his to his one-year-old uh, um, appointment with the doctor and the doctor's like oh is he waving yet i'm like he doesn't meet any how's he supposed to learn to wave <laughs> like he doesn't he spent this whole year in covid he's not meeting yeah. anyone and waving <laughs> so he doesn't wave anyway so so i think elliot could like you know i watched some of the six nations with elliot last week and he seemed to be into it so uh, i think i think was watch some of it with the kids some of it on uh, um, on the rugby network right after the fact so that's exciting yeah um uh, you know we'll talk a little bit more about that but yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it I'm, what i'm really looking forward to dan is next week when i can push some of my work aside which i've been doing a lot of and just spend you know a couple of hours in the middle of a day next week like diving deep into a couple of games that's what i'm looking forward to well COVID obviously is, is put a dampener on our uh, pete's travel tip of the week our american airlines travel tip of the week what are we going to fill it with? We need to fill that space, Pete, because... Uh, 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 I recently just traveled. I was... What? Yeah. I was in Orlando. So, Dan, how many how many inches of snow did you get over the weekend? I think we're measuring in feet, not inches. So, you know, it's a lot when you're measuring in feet. <laughs> so, we got, I think, 
almost, well, I think we got 30 inches. So that's, that's, you know, two and a half feet. Pushing up, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty good. But I wasn't here. I was in Orlando. Um, flew out early so I could go and facilitate an executive team session for a client in Orlando. So um, I have, I've literally just just traveled. And, and I, have a, I have an American Airlines tip of the week, travel tip let's, of the week. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Don't go to Orlando during spring break and St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yes. Impossible. Like it, it was, I spent 45 minutes trying to get an Uber from my hotel. It was nuts. There were no cars available, no taxis available. So try and avoid Orlando during spring break is my American Airlines travel tip of the week. Yeah, Disney. Everyone's going back. Universal Studios for the older kids. Lovely stuff. Well, tonight's banter, as always, brought to you by shopmlr.com, powered by the Rugby Shop. They will be busy this week, shipping out last-minute jerseys for fans getting ready to watch the games. 20%, Dan, 20% discount right now on Shop MLR. I'm looking if you want to get your jersey. Now's a good da- good time. They're doing a countdown, and... Uh, um, you know, you get you get your twenty percent off. So Mate, you need before the season starts. You need a code, you need, like the professor in the code, and then you get oh, like should. obviously that's right. That's right. a percentage of all the people that shop and use the professor to get let's just say twenty five percent off. Yeah, see, that's why you're rate. a good salesman, right? You're already thinking yeah. about like you know stats and performance metrics and all that sort of stuff. Well, someone else who has proven not only to be uh, good with the stats and the metrics, but also the sales as well, is our commissioner, George Killebrew. Uh, we caught up with George, and he has been doing the round. So busy, busy boy has been George doing the interviews, getting ready for what will be uh, one of the biggest seasons, if not the biggest season of Major League Rugby to date. But I got a chance to catch up with him briefly earlier today. All right, we are joined now by the commissioner, George Killebrew. George, it's been, a, it's been a hot minute since we've sat down and caught up, but you've been extremely busy, probably the busiest man in, in American rugby in the off-season, the longest off-season. We're on the eve of kickoff. When people listen to this, it'll be two days away from our first game. How are you feeling knowing that rugby has now finally come back? Well, Dan, I feel great. You know, all the signs are positive. Uh, we got 12 teams competing starting next weekend. And, you know, uh, it's a little dicier than usual, obviously, with the COVID protocols and everything. But I think everybody feels like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit. And so the goal now is, you know, to get 16 matches in. And maybe you and I and Aaron will be standing on the sidelines somewhere on August the 1st when the champion of the Western Conference will be playing the champion of the Eastern Conference live on CBS in prime time. So uh, that's the goal between now and August the 1st. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a goal that took a lot of work, not only from yourself, but your entire team there that you know split up around the country. You're in Dallas, but you've got people working tirelessly around the clock. It's a small but dedicated team at MLR. Tell us a little bit about the off-season in terms of some of the big you know talking points, probably none bigger than the American Airlines deal, what that means to the league and, and the work that your team did to get that done? Well, really, the whole commercial side of, of MLR has really started to take off, which has kind of been a missing link. And it starts with personnel. You just mentioned it. Um, I was able to attract a guy that I've worked with for 25 years from Fox, you know, to join the league as the chief commercial officer. And he's only been here for about eight months, but uh, he hit the ground running. Uh, had a lot of relationships and just was a consummate pro. So, you know, because of that, that's led to, you know, a lot of announcements. Uh, 
one of the most impactful ones is a partnership with American Airlines. I mean, they're unique that they fly to all 13 of our cities, you know, including Toronto. So that was important. Um, but, you know, they really wanted to be a part of the growth of rugby, which was uh, a really kind of cool part of the deal. And they could handle, you know, our travel, obviously, and there's financial components. And, you know, so it's really an encompassing kind of relationship with a major brand. And uh, we couldn't be more pleased about American. Obviously, I've had a long history with them uh, being here in Dallas. You know, we, I did a naming rights, uh, you know, facility deal with them for the American Airlines Center. Um, so I couldn't be more happy to have them on board. Um, and as I said, it's, you know, a, a major brand, but, you know, we got a couple more coming this week uh, that are equally as, as, as name worthy. So, um, you know, it, it goes back really to the personnel and you mentioned it, we have a really good staff at MLR. They're very dedicated to the cause. We're not big. Uh, when I do a, a Zoom call with my staff, you know, there's eight faces popping up. So it's not like uh, other leagues, but they're dedicated. They love rugby. They're excited to be about, you know, the growth of major league rugby. And it takes a certain kind of pioneer spirit to succeed at this. Um, and I think in, in a short eight month window, Mark Yates has, has become that as well. And the commercial side is just going to get better and better as we go. Well, you mentioned, Mark, obviously coming from Fox, the expansion of the Fox deal for 2021. We were on FS2. Uh, during the abbreviated season, you've gone back to Fox in the off season. They've come back not only with an expansion going to FS1, which is huge, but also adding a weekly show MLR or access as well. Talk about that conversation with Fox and how that partnership is now growing. Well, you know, first of all, you, you dance with the one that brung you. I think that's the, the motto. And that, that is CBS. You know, CBS has been, uh, you know, a very good partner to this league from the early days and we'll continue to do about 17 matches on CBS Sports Network. And as I mentioned, you know, the finals will be on what I like to call big CBS uh, in prime time on August the 1st. Then we've overlaid Fox to that with an additional 17 matches or so. And, you know, we started that last season, as, but as you guys know, we only got through five weeks. But FS2 had a couple actually really great games um, last year before we had to shut it down. And one in particular, I remember uh, from San Diego, and it was a beautiful day. The, the stands were full. The telecast was great. The rugby was good. And it, it's just, you know, TV is, is, is so important because for the non-rugby nation, you know, if they want to try us out, that's their first way of doing so. And I watched that telecast on FS2 and I said to myself, I said, that's an event I would like to attend. Like it just looked great on television. And that's what we got to use television for. So I think with Fox, obviously, um, you know, we had some limited success last year. I think they have some rugby DNA um, at Fox. And then just the fact that they're going to move at least four, as we sit today, of our games to FS1, which is a, you know, a, a 20 million household delta there, um, is really huge. And so we got two great broadcast partners looking forward to, you know, this weekend, each obviously have a game. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's the Fox update. It's, it's really good signs. Uh, I think we're, we're going to have a bright future with both companies. Yeah, you, you mentioned not only the households, but for me, the, the bigger picture is also once people are allowed to go out socially again into bars and thing, every time you go into a bar, it's going to be the FS1s 
you know, the, the main stations. You don't see FS2 come across anymore. And then locally, all the deals the teams have done, uh, New England with uh, NESN is huge because every bar in Boston will have NESN on. And now there's the, the access there as well. How, how important were those local partnerships? Were you a part of those deals or do you kind of, you know, like the, you know, the father figure of the league, let the, let the kids have a little rope and make their own deals on a local level? You know, we, we consult with the teams on those. Um, and there's some really great success stories there. Uh, you mentioned New England. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'll give you another good example is Nola Gold, you know, with their relationship. You know, they, they get something like 2,000 30-second spots to use throughout the season, um, which is really important. So, yeah, having the local carrier carry all your matches is great, but also getting the promotion and the marketing behind major cable systems is really great because, you know, we have to drive ticket sales and things like that. So, yeah, it's a content play for sure. And getting your games on, you know, on television is important, but also having a marketing partner that will help you get the word out there like these major cable systems or what have you is kind of the, the best kind of regional deal you can do, in my opinion. All right. The last piece of the puzzle, obviously, network television, huge OTT. Uh, I am a man who's cut the cable in my family and I'm not alone. A lot of people have cut the cable. Big announcement this week is the partnership with Rugby Pass. MLR will have its own OTT platform. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, why the step away from ESPN Plus uh, onto this platform? And then also the MLR app as well, which I know has been a, uh, a sore point with a lot of fans that that's been missing th uh, through the first three years. Yeah, you know, on the OTT piece, Dan, we, we've been working on this for a year. You know, I, I first had a face-to-face -face with uh, the Rugby Pass guys out at the LA7. So that, that was a year ago. And, you know, basically what we've been doing as a league is I kind of look at it as renting versus owning. Um, you know, we've been renting space on other people's platforms where we're, we were not very important, to be honest with you. Um, and now... Um, you know, and I give kudos to our ownership group because this isn't an inexpensive undertaking. We made the decision to, to, to buy, to be a buyer instead of a renter. Um, and so we're partnering with the Rugby Pass as the backbone. Obviously, why would you partner with anyone else? You know, they have rugby in their name. They have rugby in their DNA. Uh, the places we were renting, um, you know, they had a lot of different clients. Um, so now we found one that's indigenous to us. Um, and we've begun, begun our own, and it's going to be called the Rugby Network, um, and it's going to be wonderful. We're, we're rolling it out. Well, we will have rolled it out by the time this airs, um, and we're just looking forward to it. Rugby fans now in North America, you know, will have a place they can go, and, and it'll begin with MLR content. Uh, that'll be day one kind of things, but over time, we hope to, you know, be a destination for rugby content here in North America, I think it was attractive. Obviously, it was attractive for us for the reasons I articulated. I think it was attractive to the rugby pass because, you know, North America is a place they, it's kind of the last bastion for them. You know, they're, they're so well known around the world, but they don't really have a North American um, presence and they will now. Yeah, and, and the app, obviously a big part of anything. Everyone is on their cell phone 24-7. How important was the app part of the puzzle? And then uh, what act, what access will fans have on that app? Yeah, I mean, that's a real kudos to our whole marketing group that have been working on that for a long time as well. Like we have a laundry list of about 25 things in a perfect world we'd love to do. 
if, if there weren't like things like budgets and other things that tend to make you stumble every now and then, but we are not short on our on ideas. Now the app, you know, had to rise to the top of that because for obvious reasons, you know, people have gotten used to, you know, apps and, and doing the things that they like to do on their devices. So that rose to the top. Again, it took a bunch of time, uh, but we'll be rolling that out and just welcome everyone to, to trial it with us and give us their suggestions and things like that. And, um, you know, apps have become something that are the way people do business and, and live their lives. So we've moved into that century, you know, <laughs> uh, we would love to have done that on day one, but we're, we're moving into year four and, and we've checked that box. All right. This one's a little, little bit more of a personal question. We're going to hit on the Killebrew family here. Now, as a young, young man growing up, having a dad who's a VP of one of the major sports franchises in town would have been a pretty attractive ticket to your two boys. I'm sure access to the Mavericks would have been very well received at school. How has the change to rugby been received in the family? Have the boys picked a team yet? Do they have a favorite team that they support? Or are they, uh, are they on the fence with dad and they've got to like everyone? Well, I got some advice early on that I didn't take. Everyone in sports tells you, the first time you take your kids to your game, you should sit in the worst seat in the house. You should sit in the absolute upper deck because the mistake we make is because we have this access, they're sitting courtside and you know they're getting whatever they want and they just think that's the way it is. So I blew that one. Uh, and then it's like, oh, can we come to the game tonight? Are we going to sit in a suite? And they say things like that. And they're not precocious children by any means, but I just, if that was on me, I, I, I schooled them the wrong way. We should have gone to every sporting facility and just sat in the last row and they could look at me and say, geez, dad, I thought you were an important figure in sports. And I'd say, well, son, this is how it goes. So, but I didn't do that. Uh, they're getting used to rugby. They only got to, you know, see about five, five weeks, you know, on TV. I, I would say that they were pretty excited about the Dallas Jackals, our home team, because they knew yep. they were be able to maybe go out and stand on the field with the fellas and everything. But uh, obviously we're going to launch them, you know, next season. Uh, and just a, a, one kind of comment on that, um, you know, for an expansion team to launch, you don't want to launch with the cloud of COVID that's going on. It's almost impossible. And if you look at the MLS teams, um, you know, they're all their expansion teams put off a year uh, because of COVID. So we're going to look forward to seeing the Jackals in 2022. Yeah, so jackals, jackals fans outside of uh, outside of dad, is that what we were hearing? Well, and I'll tell you, yeah, I, I have no favorites. Like I, I want, it's like having thirteen children. You know, I want them all to be successful. I also want them all to have parity. I'd be fine if everybody goes eight and eight. I just don't want anyone going sixteen and zero. I don't want anyone going zero and sixteen because that's not in the best interest of the league and our partners. So that's kind of our thoughts on that. Well, from, from the limited preseason action we've seen, I don't think that's going to be a problem. It's been pretty close so far. So exciting to kick things off this weekend. Are you, uh, what are you planning to do for opening weekend? What's going to be happening in the Killer Brew House? I'm going to go to New Orleans. Um, obviously, we have one of our big nationally televised games from there. Uh, so I'm going to see, check out Old Glory and Nola Gold. Good one. That was uh, probably the two form teams in the East along with Toronto when the season ended. So a good way to start down there. And I think Seattle, Houston, CBS is the game of the week just across the, the bayou there. So it should be a big weekend. George, 
as always, I know your time is, is valuable. I appreciate you coming on the show. 2021 is going to be a great year. And like you said, August 1st, I'll see you somewhere. We just don't know where just yet. That sounds great, Dan. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right. There he is, the commish. He's, uh, he, I don't know how he does it, Pete. Like, oh, he was all over he, the place. He was all yep. over the place. You can, you can not see, like, every time I, I logged onto Twitter, there was another post about George Killebrew doing a different yeah. interview. Yeah, it was, it was five after us. So we were the first, we went first thing this morning. Then there were five other interviews. He was flying out the door to get to the office. Um, busiest man in rugby, probably right now. Well, you know, I think there's there's a couple of things that I think is really interesting is that, you know, we, we, we talked earlier in the offseason about how a lot of the teams have been using this extended offseason to create developmental pathways to like build their community um, outreach and, um, you know, some of their um, local work because there wasn't any rugby, they had more time. But it really seems like the league has taken this extra time. There's been so many announcements. Every day there's a new announcement and yep. so much going on. And you can just, you know, George and, and, and his team have done a really great job of making some, I think, pretty major steps forward for the league. Well, it's, it's actually a really good PR move, in my opinion, because we had the cancellation. If they had spaced out the announcements through the offseason, I think it loses some juice. Yeah. Now what they've done is they've backstacked them yeah. and then rugby starts. So it's like all these eyeballs are on MLR, like well, what's going on? They're announcing all these great partners. They're doing this, they're doing that. They've got their own network. They've got their own app. Everything's happening. Pete Steinberg has his own spot on the MLR All Access show on Fox Sports 2 on Tuesdays at 5.30 Eastern. Don't miss it. The professor, everything's happening. And then you've got rugby right on the top of it. And now it's our job to be able to go out and perform, the player's job to go and perform and get those new eyeballs hooked on rugby, Pete. Well, I, so I think that's right. But what I really like about George's view of the season, which I think makes a lot of sense, I think it, it, it's important that we have a very re realistic um, view. COVID's happening, right? There's a couple of preseason games that were cancelled. We hear it in other sports. What I really like is that George is just, if we get through the season on an August 1st, we have a final and it's on the big network on CBS, it's a successful season. And I'm like, I Absolutely. think that, yeah, I think that's it. Like, I think there's a lot going on, but fundamentally, if we can have rugby, right? And we can have an East champion and a West champion and they can meet in CBS on August 1st, you know, there'll be some bumps along the road, but I think that's a successful season. So I love that attitude, which is just, you know, it's like, we have, we're, we're gonna grind it out. We're not gonna, you know, promise the world. We're just going to have rugby. We'll all do our best to make sure it continues and we'll make sure that we keep to the season that we've made a commitment to. Little Nipsey Hustle reference there from Pete Steinberg, grinding all my life. Man, you're cool, Pete. That trip to Florida. It's all very under the radar. Man. All yes. very under the radar, Dan. Very under the radar. All right. Let's fly around the grounds now. Quickly go around the grounds. Uh, the big news was the American Airlines. We've touched on that. Now, I'm not going to say too much here, Pete. But I have heard there are two more pretty big announcements coming out in terms of partners for the league that uh, uh, will definitely make some waves. Um, I know a lot of people have asked for a beer sponsor. I'll tell you now, it's not a beer sponsor. I'm sorry. So you're going to have to keep uh, finding the, the drink that you want to drink and keep drinking it until they can get one. But these are going to be big announcements. And it just adds, like you said, Pete, to 
the validity of the league, the more commercial partners that come in. Yeah, I mean, I think these are two big names. Everyone's going to know them. Everyone's going to see them sponsoring other sports, which I think is important. So they see mm-hmm. rugby as part of, the, part of their um, sport portfolio, which I think is important. And they're also going to provide um, opportunities for fans, right? So part of this is that as a fan of MLR, you're going to get to access some of these um, products and services, maybe at a discount, maybe with some you know, special deals that, that, that you can get. But I think most importantly, you know, when you have big names that come in, that means that cash is coming through the door. Um, MLR can't succeed if it's constantly going into the pockets of the owners. And so having some commercial partners that are providing income to the league is going to be really important. So it's really exciting. Uh, like you said, Dan, two big more annou- announcements coming um, and they're, uh, you know, they're, they're household names, which is what we need. Yes, they are household names. Well done, Peter. Very good. Little reference there from the professor. I like it. All right. Another one that was big news came out. Uh, well, let's see. This is Thursday. So it came out two days ago. Uh, MLR, Rugby Pass, they are one. You know, like two awkward teenagers at a high school dance standing on either side of the room. Uh, a little bit of, uh, what was the guy's name? Um, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. Came along with Michael Bott, and they walked out. Boom, partnership, MLR and Rugby Pass. They're together. I love it. Right, so that's definitely the video bit that's going out on the socials. That bit <laughs> might be you work your way through it. Um, so I think that, I, so there's a couple of really exciting things. First of all, already got the app. Look at it. Looks great. Rugby Pass have been doing this for a long time. They know what they're doing. I know that there was a lot of concern. There's been some history in the US market of very poor streaming services right? This looks to be something that's real and meaningful. Um, so what it allows you to do is if you're not in the local market, you'll be able to watch the games for free, right? And it allows mm-hmm. you to kind of um, go and watch those games. Um, overseas fans, that's where you can watch your games. I know it used to be on Facebook, but you will now be able to watch it in the, uh, um, uh, in, in the rugby network. Um, it, it means that even on um, the national games, right, which you won't be able to see immediately, you'll be able to see it on replay. So it gives everyone free access in one place to be able um, to see stuff. You'll see lots of other stuff in there. I think there's gonna be clips from the, well, I think the weekly show that's on FS2 is gonna be on there um, with uh, Mark, Mark Stabino and Stacey um, Pates hosting that too. Like great, two great people, really excited to see um, how they do with that. But also lots of other content. There's um, right now a really interesting show on Paul Mullen and talking about where he's from in Ireland, yep. right? So he's from he's from an island, right? And he's a, off a, island, an island off island, right? And so so there's already some like I opened up and I'm like, oh, I, I was thinking, what are they going to have in here? Yeah, good stuff. So I think it's really exciting. the best thing I think, and I think this is where the league has made a really big and correct strategic decision is to own it yourself, like to own this, to have it with Rugby Pass, right? But to have MLR own their online streaming service, not go through ESPN Plus, not go through MB, you know, Peacock or something like that, that's a big win because in the long run, that's where you're going to be able to generate revenue. Not necessarily, like I know already people are like, when are they going to start charging? And, and they may do that down the line, but you actually charge revenue for the data. They need, they want to know who's watching their game. Right. They know who's watching their games then they can get commercial partners. I, I, I spoke with um, last year as part of my, my work as a business consultant. Um, I do a lot of work in innovation and I talked to a guy who's seen as being very innovative. 
He's the VP of marketing of, of an NFL team. And I was talking mm-hmm. with him and he's like, I'm a data guy. He's like, I used to do marketing. Now pretty much all I do is data. And, you know, he's like, I, I, I look at the data of our fans. I see who, like, you know, we connect that with who, who follows us on social media. We connect that to who buys people. Like, it's about smaller markets, right, but more defined. And, and, and that's the future of marketing and advertising. And so um, I'm really I'm excited about it as a user, but I'm excited about it as um, a strategy to help um, grow the league. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to touch that because that was perfect, Pete. Well done. Let's keep moving on. We talked about the app launch. You've, you've just wrapped up my next three talking points in one giant <laughs> conversation. Uh, MLR will access you a little bit modest there. You're on the show as well, brother. The professor in the MLR lab. What are you going to be doing on MLR access? Can't wait to watch you on Fox Sports 2. Well, you know, it's um, this is all, and I think everyone needs to um, understand there's a lot of new stuff going on on the TV side. There's a lot of new content. So, you know, there's a mag- magazine show. It's going to be um, once once a week. It's going to be, um, you know, we've got a, a, a slot on, on FS2, which is really exciting. Um, and, you know, my, my job, my role on the show, um, it's a little bit to be decided, but primarily is to help explain the game, right? Um, explain what's going on in the game and do some deep dives, right? So, so you know, you can see up here, I've got in, in MLR labs, I've got some stuff. So I've got, uh, you can see some years, I've got changes in, um, in different phases um, through the different World Cups, right? I've got some uh, um, rating systems for offense and defense, which I think is really interesting. Um, and I think this is one of the really uh, cool things is that there's going to be a, um, ac- there's going to be access to stats this year like more access than there was in the past. And that's one of the things I think that we're going to do at MLR Labs is that we're going to use those stats to be able to help people understand what's going on, what's going on in the games and what's going on in the trends and potentially what's going on in upcoming, you know, in upcoming matchups, depending on where we go. Yeah, and I think that's a, a huge influence of genius betting getting involved as well. Now the stats will be full transparency. You bring, you bring gambling in and transparency follows it very, yeah, very quickly. Right. I think people will notice it a lot this year with uh, injury reports, rosters, stuff like that. The days of, uh, you know, ducks and drakes and all that sort of stuff will be gone and it'll be regulated pretty heavily. So yeah, um, for the better, for the better. All right, moving on. Gilgronies, they launched under 18 Academy. Uh, when they initially, when Adam Gilchrist uh, bought the Austin franchise, this was one of the big things he was pushing, uh, youth rugby. So 18 Academy started up now. They're heavily involved with the high schools in the Austin and San Antonio areas. That will trickle up into that under-18 academy. Uh, very familiar for, for you and I, Pete, who grew up with that. And that was kind of like you go to high school, but you want to be in the academy team for your local rugby club. Yeah, I think that's right. And it's also like we have to recognize that a lot of these are, you know, they're partly marketing, they're partly pathway and player development, right? And so, you know, I found this, my daughter's four, and she went and played in a local league. And she wore a Colorado Rapids shirt at four, right? Because they're like, if she, if that's her team jersey at four, right, yeah. then she's going to follow the Rapids. So I think some of this is is there, but you know, the Gilgronies, when when um, when Adam Gilchrist took over, one of the big pushes they they came out and said is they said we want to make it easier for kids to play rugby, right? We want to reduce yeah. the cost, we want to provide support, and I think you know you're right. This is going to be a pathway for them. Austin has a pretty good history. Of some of some local rugby, and so there's definitely going to be some kids whose parents have played rugby, you know, that played for the Huns and the Blacks and 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 Valkyries, 
and the Valkyries, right? Thank you. Yeah. The Valkyries, right, that, that are going to be coming through there. So I think that there's um, some opportunity for some players to come through there, but it's also just a really great marketing, develop the fan base kind of approach. Yeah, here's, here's some news for you. I saw this come across the ticker. Free Jack's owner makes a bid for Olympics. I'm like, Eric Anderson's going to the Olympics? I'm like, what's, <laughs> what events are you going to be doing? But it's not uh, Eric's too good looking to be mucking around on the, on the Olympic stage. So Nate Ebner is back, another run around. Uh, I think you were telling me you had the scoop that he was going to make a push for Tokyo 2020. Obviously, with everything that happened, it pushed it back a year. So it's no longer, we can't be thanking, um, oh, Patriots. Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft. I was trying to remember the owner of the Patriots, you know, let him go for 2016. Now we've got to thank the Mara family who own the Giants uh, for letting him come out and do this again. And good on Nate Ebner. What a legend. You know, I, I think I've seen some stuff on some social media that people are like, you know, he's pushing out someone who's like trained for four years. You know, um, when you get to this level, it's just about the best. Right. And, you know, Nate's 32, but Nate's a rugby player that's been playing football, definitely mm -hmm. athlete, but probably most importantly, and, you know, I got to see this a little bit. I coached the women in 2016 and when, when Nate was with the men and we, when, you know, primarily when we were at the Olympic training center, this guy's humble. He's a hard worker and he'll make the people around him better. So even if he doesn't make the Olympics and, you know, the team, the squad is definitely deeper and more competitive than it was in 2016. So I don't think there's any mm -hmm. guarantee that he's going to get there. He's going to come in. He's going to work hard. He's going to be a great example. He's not a vocal guy, but people are going to look and be like, that guy has won a Super Bowl and he's doing extra work. Maybe I should be doing extra work. And so yeah. I think even if Mike Friday doesn't take him to Tokyo, I think having Nate in camp will probably raise the level in a way that will help the team perform. Yeah, I think a lot of the, the characteristics you just touched on there, Mike Friday sees those as well and, and – the benefit to having him in camp far outweighs that. And I agree with you, man. It's the Olympics. You take the, you take the best players. If JJ Watt puts his hand up and says, Hey, I want to go to the Olympics and he can beat out a player and he's better and he provides more value. JJ Watt goes to the Olympics. You know, what, what I think is interesting is that it would be, I think it was harder for Nate to make the squad in 2016 because you'd had a team that had played together mm -hmm. right throughout the circuit. But now every team's coming in with maybe one or two tournaments, no one's coming in with a set side that's played together. Like, it doesn't matter whether you're the US or whether you're New Zealand or whether you're South Africa, these are going to be kind of scratch sides that are pulled together. And when you're in that situation, I think the two things that you need is you need a really strong mentality, right? Because the performance isn't going to be as clean as it could have been. And then you just need better athletes. And I think Nate might provide both of those. So it's going to be interesting. It's a real interesting coast coaching decision for Mike Friday to think about how, how he pulls that team together and all the other coaches for the Olympics. So, yep. I, I agree. I love that. I love that he spends his off season just getting ready to go to the Olympics. JJ Watts in Arizona losing golf balls. Take that JJ. Our producer Aaron Castro is thrilled. He's a Cardinals fan. He's like, it's the greatest day ever. Chandler Jones on one side, JJ Watt on the other. It's a pity that both old and broken. You won't win anything. You won't even come out of the NFC West. Take that Cardinals fans. All right, preseason before we unmute. He's going to yell at me. Yeah, I know. What the heck was that? What the heck? No, JJ, JJ is like, is J, I, I look at JJ in the same way you guys talked about Nate Ebner. High work rate, high like example leading driver. JJ's a little bit more vocal, but he's probably the hardest worker in every, you know, 
I think, I think the difference been. is the difference is that you could have JJ Watt probably play a third of the snaps and be impactful for the th- like when you get older you can still do it you just can't repeat as often right that's what's yeah. hard about sevens uh, are we talking about sports or something else here yeah <laughs> moving on oh my Houston, gosh. Austin oh my preseason God. action uh down there I got the, the seasons coming through have stuff other stuff to talk about yeah others, no <laughs> joking it's been such a long off season just make it in uh Houston 26-22 over Austin down there at uh Aviva Stadium uh, what do you, what do you make of this one? They, they played LA on Thursday. I think this was last weekend and on Thursday last week or vice versa. It's one or two, uh, I, LA yeah. and Austin, LA I, I, right at the death there. Got to try to, to wrap it up. I think it's yeah. Um, um, uh, um, like, like, I think, I just think that preseason games, I don't think you see much. Like, I think you can go through and you can probably identify, oh, this looks like a starting lineup and this doesn't look like a starting lineup, but you know, I think that uh, there's so much that you're focusing on there that the outcome isn't isn't important. I mean, I'm excited about uh, um, you know the Giltinis and 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 what LA can put on the field in the back line, obviously, right? I mean, you know, I, I don't know how excited you are to have like two Wallaby legends playing professional rugby in the US, Dan. I mean, I mean, they they aren't they your your generation? I think I, Matt Giddo's 37, 38. I thought that was 36, but yeah, I, 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 39. Oh, okay. But I have vivid memories. Obviously, they were young and, and doing really well. And both had amazing careers. I think Coops was over 100 games. Yeah, so that's a long, long career. I, I got to meet Matt Giddo when um, uh, he was playing for um, Toulon. And I got to spend a few days there. And um, I always tell this story. It was like right at the hype like of, um, uh, of Toulon being phenomenal, right? It yeah. was like they, they had, um, you know, you didn't know which team was the first team because you had like Freddie Michelac at fly half on one side. And then yeah. you had Johnny Wilkinson at fly half on the other. And you're like, I just don't know which one is the first team. But a really, really genuine guy, um, hard worker. I mean, he's been out and playing in Japan. This isn't someone who like, Two or three years after retiring is, is coming for a little jolly here. He's, he's, he stayed in shape. And, you know, I caught a little bit of the game. And um, that back line, if they can get the ball, I think is going to be is going to be exciting. Yeah. And there's some good players around them, too. I, I got I got more out of watching a little bit of their, their opposed session. They had a little opposed session in L.A. And I was kind of just watching some of the nuts and bolts of that. And they look sharp. Like they look they don't look like. 38, 37-year-old guys who, like you said, have been sitting on a couch. And players at that stage of their career, the worst thing they can do is stop and then try to come back. Yep. It's almost impossible. Like a, a big boulder, once you get it going, inertia, it rolls. As soon as you stop it in your 30s, it's very hard to, to turn it around and get rolling again. So they've kept going and they both look in good shape. Super experienced. From everyone I've spoken to in LA, too, they've been really positive for like the culture of the team. And we know how important that is yeah. in rugby I mean, as well. I mean, I mean, to be fair, didn't they get a Hawaii for like their preseason? Yeah. I'd, I'd, be, pretty, I'd be pretty positive if I got to go and be in Hawaii. Yeah, I think me too. Come on, Darren Coleman, hook us up. <laughs> Pete can do some executive coaching. I can just like crack some jokes and, you know, we'll have a great time. All right, let's preview the games. We kick things off in New Orleans. Fox Sports 2 will be hosting DC, taking on NOLA. 
If we look back 12 months ago, this was the game that Nola blew DC out of the water. Uh, we were all excited to watch the Beasts, and he got blown up pretty, pretty bad down there by that Nola scrum. I think they put 40 points on him. I don't anticipate that happening again. What are your thoughts on this one, Pete? Well, I think um, uh, I think that it's going to be about the scrum for DC, right? So Nola have continuity. And I think that when we've, we've looked, there's a shortened preseason, right? There's been COVID. I think continuity is going to be really, really critical. And so I think teams that have continuity of coaching and continuity of playing are going to come out pretty strong in the first couple of um, weeks. And I think that... Um, I think that's what Nola brings to this. Um, DC have Jason Robinson, I think probably like the most exciting um, fly half in the league. Um, so they can definitely do stuff. But I, I think Nola's going to hit the ground running here. I think that they've got, you know, I think, I think they've got the players. I think they've got the returning players. You know, they've bolstered. They've got GP Duplicy that they've added to the centers. Um, I, I think Nola um, wins this. And um, they win going away if DC hasn't solved their scrum problem. Yeah, it's, uh, I think Nola's actually stronger than they were last year. I think Juan Capelli as well, the Argentinian yeah, and the yeah. centers. And they lose Foley and they lose Gale. So yeah. that'll be interesting on the depth thing. Um, but depth you know, especially around nine. The first couple of weeks, I don't think, right? I mean, I think we'll find out. I mean, I think if, if, yeah. if, you know, if you look at who's successful in Major League Rugby, generally it's the teams that use the least players that are the healthiest. And there's going to be COVID issues. So I think depth is going to be important. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen in the first couple of weeks. So I think there, there are going to be teams that are going to really struggle at the start. And I think there are teams that are going to be, um, you know, that, that are going to come out of the gates going pretty quick. And, you know, when, when you're talking about conferences, like you come out slow and, and there's, a, there's a mountain to climb there. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to watch Devin Short play down there as well. So yeah, me too. I spoke to JP Duplessis yesterday and he he made a point of signaling out how excited he is to see Devin go and, you know, a guy to really watch um, moving forward. But, so yeah, that'll I mean, be a good one. Yeah. You know, and that's just a guy that was behind a terrific back row, right? So he's a young player. He's like 21, 22, mm-hmm. uh, age grade player, you know, got some time early on in the first couple of seasons, but just kind of got squeezed out with some quality back row players. And and with Rob Shaw going to um, San Diego, great pickup by Nola, I think. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on. New York will be at San Diego in Las Vegas. I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, New York and San Diego. That one's going to be on the, the rugby network, along with Fox 5 San Diego down there for the local people in San Diego who want to watch their Legion play. Pete. This one, what do you think? I mean, do I have to go first in all of these, Dan? I mean, I can go. And I'm I can... actually, I, I'll stick. I, I had a conversation yesterday on, a, on another show, a, a rugby wrap-up with Matt McCarthy. And I think New York, New York may surprise some people. I think. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, the hard thing is just the turnover, right? So the coaching turnover, the loss of the coach. Marty Vili stepped in. He's been, the, he's been the forwards coach, but every coach is going to come in and change it. Um, it's yeah. a long trip. San Diego, you know, they, they lost Rob Hoadley, but they kept, um, you know, the two assistant coaches. So Scott and Zach. And, and, you know, I think New York have the players that can do something. Like they've definitely mm-hmm. got the players that can make a difference. Um, but I think San Diego, I think it's just this, you know, New York will be able to push San Diego. I think it's going to be hard. I think, um, look, we've, you know, we've always talked about the scrum. 
right? And I think that that's going to be the, the, the big question mark as we go through all of these. And we're just not sure because there hasn't been a lot of preseason. We're not sure exactly like what the lineups look like. Um, there's going to be a lot more drop balls, shortened preseason, mm-hmm. long layoffs, lots more scrums. Um, the scrum's going to be important. But New York comes in with, you know, what we know is the best line out in the league. So San Diego had some penalty problems last year. So San Diego, if they, if they have some of those penalty problems, New York is a team that can really hurt them. And that could really make that a close game. Yep. Yep. I agree. Most of the packs I'm trying there. not to my predictions here, right? I'm trying not to pick them because I'm like, hold on, I can't pick them. We'll, we'll, do that. we'll do that in a little bit. Let's just keep moving bit. on. Here we go. This is uh, this 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 one has actually turned into a little bit of a spicy battle because head coach for the Free Jacks, Ryan Martin, has come out and sort of said, you know, those guys are sitting on the beach in Hawaii, drinking Mai Tais, taking it easy, wearing the snow, we're chopping down trees. You know, it's it's the it's the silver spoons versus the blue collars. And that's how he's kind of pegged this. And he's galvanized his squad around the fact that, you know, LA is all fancy and flashy. Free Jacks going to the Guiltinis in the Coliseum. History being made here. What is it, over 100 years since rugby was played at the Coliseum or close to 100 years yeah, since we played that. at the Coliseum? So, well, what do you, just give me your thoughts on this. Don't pick it yet. So, um, this is a really interesting game. Like we, we know from last year, and, and Alex Magalby, we know he's really big on culture. It seemed to start, um, help the Free Jacks start really well last year was that they seemed to have, you know, a, a good culture. But, you know, and they've brought in some, some really talented players with like super rugby experience. You know, they've got a new number eight. That's going to be, that's going to be really important. I mean, it's really hard to like know exactly what LA is going to bring. We know they've got a star-studded back line. Um, you know, I saw Luke White is playing back in the front row, which is sort of his natural position. Just probably one of the best type five forwards in MLR through the first three years, Dan, you think, Luke White? Yeah. Like, like, just a consistent, consistent, you know, 80, you get 80 good minutes from him every week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, but he, you know, played second row for um, the Raptors now playing in the front row. Um, you know, he's definitely got the size for the front row. So it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I'm, I, I think this, this game is going to be, is going to be just a little bit messy. Um, I, you know, I think the, um, and so that's why I think it's going to come down to the scrums. You know, one of the things about having Matt Giddo at 10 is he's a great running 10. He's not necessarily a great game management 10, right? I don't think, I think his natural position is probably more like 12. And so, um, you know, because he, he, he attacks the line beautifully, he can find holes. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see in a game that's scrappy, is LA going to manage the game, manage the territory, or are they just going to try and run New England off the pot? They're going to be like, hey, we weren't actually, we were on the beach, but we were running dunes. We're fitter than yeah. you. We're going to run you off the park, right? So, so that'll be a really interesting, like tactically, how is LA going to play? And just, just it's not a terrible time to kick off. So six thirty, uh, Eastern kickoff for them. So it'll be three thirty out there. So it'll be, it'll be warm, not yep. terribly warm, but I, I figured that would have been uh, Gilchrist masterstroke to make kickoff eight thirty local time. That's right. So it's you know eleven thirty at night in the East Coast, and they're exhausted, but. Um, this is yeah, that, that's going to be a great game. And there's, there's I, I, I mean, like I, 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 I'm, I'm going to watch all of these games somehow. I mean, I may not get my work done next week. I'm that's not going to watch it live, but I'm going to watch it all somehow. I mean, there, mm. there is. I'm, I'm, I am a little bit. There's a lot of games going on at the same time. That's the one mm. thing that I would say here. 
you tell your wife you're at my house and I'll tell my wife I'm at your house and then we'll meet somewhere in the middle and just watch all the games. As I said. That, that sounds like a terrible idea. That's a terrible uh, you, How long have you been married? Uh, let me do the math real quick. It'll be 14 years this December. 14 years somehow. With that yep. thinking, you've been married for 14 years. She's a very patient woman. <laughs> very, very patient. All right. Uh, sorry, that game will be again on the Rugby Network, so make sure you get that app down. Uh, it'll be on Fox Sports Prime Ticket in the West, just announced today uh, by the Guiltini. So Fox Sports Prime Ticket out there on the West Coast in the LA market and then New England Sports Network. NESN out on the East Coast. Toronto, Atlanta. It's really the Atlanta Arrows taking on rugby. I know, ATL. I know. These are the locals playing each other. I mean, this is like the conversation we had last week, Pete. It's like they they get down there today, and then it's going to be like, oh, welcome, you know, yeah, here's this, here's that, here's the tour, and then boom, I'm going to smash you come Saturday night. It's it's going to yeah, be a weird be, dynamic. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, this um, I actually think this is a really really critical game for the East. Because I think these are two teams that could be really be really be at the top. I mean, you know, if I go on my continuity basis, I would say Toronto. You know, um, same coaching staff. You know, mostly the same players. Um, you know, some some adjustments here and in there, here and there, maybe a couple of upgrades. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, Scott Lawrence has been thinking about this game for the twelve months that he hasn't had a game to think about, right? <laughs> and I and I feel yeah. like one of the things that Atlanta did which I think was really smart, um, which I think is going to give them a bit of an advantage at the start, is that they used their 404 team, their developmental side, in the fall to really work on some of their approaches to the game, right? So even though the preseason was short, they actually, with the guys that were in town, were really working on what they thought they needed for, um, for this upcoming MLR season. So they will probably have a developmental advantage there, um, I think it's going to be hard for Toronto to take that trip. It's going to be, you know what it's like, Dan. You've got to feel your best to play your best. I think it's going to be hard for Toronto to do that. They're going to feel like they're on a, you know, a constant tour. Um, so, you know, it's it, it, it's going to be a really, really good game. I love the way Atlanta plays. They, they like to play fast um, on attack, right? They, they like to move the ball. Um, and then on defense, they've got that awesome, straight-up rugby league, two-player tackle defense that's really hard to hard to break down. And it's easier to get your defense in place early on in the season with, with yeah, a short yeah. time frame because defense is about structure. So you just put people in the right place and they can defend. Attack is about reading the game and you build your shapes relative to what you see. And that takes a lot more reps. So, you know, if I think that Toronto might have a bit of a better attack and Atlanta might have a bit of a better defense, that might be an advantage at Atlanta in that game. Yeah, you talk about Scott Lawrence, I like to think of him... Uh out of the Avengers Infinity Wars with Doctor Strange where he's processing every single scenario, like 14 billion scenarios through his head. That's Scott this offseason, just thinking about everything that can happen. In I, think that's, but that's, that's not, that, that, I don't think that's too far away from the truth, yeah. Just something, something to consider, Pete, before I get you on your pick a little later on that one. No Jamie McKenzie, no Rob Brower. So just that consistency that they've had there, two of the senior guys and real leaders of that team, will be missing for this game. Um, Rob, obviously, family and work commitments. 
And then uh, Jamie picked up an injury, so he, he could be out for a little bit here. Uh, we'll yeah, and, it, and, and I think, you know, I think that's, that's going to be one of the challenges that Toronto have, right? So Toronto have um, built their team on the Ontario Arrows, and there are a number of those guys that have jobs that work locally in Toronto, right, that get well paid, but are quality Canadian internationals. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much, how many of those guys were able to make the trip work you know have a job they could work for, and if there's going to be some sort of movement in and out so i think that's actually a really um a really interesting i mean it was interesting for um you know san diego i think it sounds like they got almost all of their guys including the guys that had jobs to kind of move up to vegas although that's only a five-hour drive so they could probably think there's some back and forth and do that. yeah no thanks all right next game well two years ago pete you would have not even watched this game this would have been a dour affair utah austin at austin now I think this has the potential to be probably one of the best games of the round. If both teams turn up and, and play the way they can play, I thought Utah looked really good in their preseason game against Atlanta. Their set piece looked ironed out. Uh, a couple of little things around the playmaker. They had uh, Danny uh, Giannascoli playing at 10, which I thought was unreal for, for, for him. Like the draft yeah. pick, he was a, I think he was a second round draft pick for Utah starting at 10. So we'll see if that carries through. He, he looked okay, I gotta tell you. Uh, for a young 10, that's a tough spot for a young kid to play. He did, it's a, he did it's, pretty it's, well. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot. I mean, I think it's the reason why if you look at almost every team, they have some old veteran overseas guy playing 10, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like the most important, I think, you know, you could say tight head prop and then 10 would be, you know, those two would be the, the two most important spots. I think, you know, I, I, this is going to be a really interesting game. You're right. I'm, I'm really interested in, you know, Sean Pittman's first first game as a head coach, right? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Not surprising that the um, set piece is, is going to be strong because of because of what he brings to the table. And you know, Austin was showing last year a new a, a new attitude, right? They have a new attitude on the field. They have a new attitude off the field. Um, I think their scrum is going to be strong. I really like their back row. Um, you know, playing Dom Aquino at number eight, like not the biggest guy, but he is powerful and he's quick and you give him the ball and he gets over the game line. Um, some really interesting stuff they're doing in Austin. So you're right. This is going to be an interesting game um, to watch. But I think Utah is a little bit like um, uh, Atlanta have been using this offseason to develop those players. So some of those younger players um, have been, you know, they've been playing. They've been playing yep. um, for the developmental side. So it's not like you've, you've plucked them off. And I think, you know, especially for positions like 10, you need to be able to get game time somewhere. Um, and it's, you know, it's hard for someone to grow in an MLR team. So I think, I think it'd be interesting in this game, um, but I'm excited to watch the uh, um, Gil Grannies because I think um, they showed some of what they could do last year. And I think we'll just see them continue to grow this year. How good is it? Frank Halai and Jeff Haslam, we've got the old thunder and lightning again on the That's wing. Right. So it's going to be great to see. All right, moving on. Our game of the week on CBS will be Seattle at Houston. Again, big game. Two sides that really stumbled in 2020 significantly. Both ended up, I think, one and four or, or around there. Their record's not, uh, not great. This is a big chance for, for one of these two teams to start the year on a, on a positive note and kind of get moving in the right direction, Pete. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm really interested because um, Houston has been a team with potential that's never fulfilled it, right? And, and Heels is there, and so he's, he's had some more time. So I think that, you know, he's going to want to look to see that team. I mean, they've got the players that can play, 
right? They've got the players that can play um, a good a good game. Um, so, and and they've you know I don't know if they're the unluckiest, but they've it's so hard for them to put eighty minutes together. They either have a good first half or a good second half, but putting that eighty minutes together, like so, in that good first half, you're like, wow, this is a really good team. And then for whatever reason, it seems to fall apart in the second half, or they start really poorly. And so for Houston, I think it's really about consistency. Seattle's really, really interesting. They've had a little bit of change, both on the field and in the front office. Um, I think that, you know, what I've heard is they're trying to get back to their roots, right? They're trying to get back to sort of feeling like a little bit more like a club team that is like really well bonded. Um, They've gone back to some of the schedule that they had in the first two years. Uh, It's going to be interesting. You know, Seattle have been an older team like they're an older team when they won the first two years, right? And so it's going to be important for them to stay healthy, but they've got some of those exciting players. I mean, we talked to Ross Neal during the offseason. Off Watching that guy play is going to be, you know, I mean, that's going to be exciting to see him play probably on the wing while he wants to play in the centers. But like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think they've got some really exciting players that they've brought in. So um, it, it, it is going to be an important start for each of these. I think both of these teams, you know, that, It'll be interesting. We, we never know going into any of these seasons, but um, a win here puts one of these teams sort of, you know, feeling good about the rest of the season. And a loss is going to take some work for those coaches to get them ready for week two. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a good one. It uh, leads us now to our power matchup of the week. We, we, our budget didn't have sound effects. So I tried to do them myself. That was meant to be lightning and thunder. Anyway, moving on. My power matchup of the week, I'm going to do a 1v1 battle that I'm looking forward to, and you actually mentioned it, Pete. Uh, It's going to be in the Seattle-Houston game. I think they're going to play Ross Neal at 13, even though we saw Brock Staller and uh, Stefan Kutzi are not coming back. I think they'll stick with Ross at 13, and he's going to take on none other than Veramu Dikidikilati. And you know what? What's Texas famous for, Pete? Um, very big hats. Big hats, very good. It's also famous for oil and beef, and it doesn't get any beefier than two two hundred and fifty pound plus outside centers. It's either going to be the greatest battle ever, or they're going to run out of gas after ten minutes because they're too big. But I'm looking forward to that one. Ross Neal versus Diggy Diggy Lati at Thirteen Channel. Two very very big outside centers going head to head. What about you, Pete? What's your power matchup? this weekend all right so my power matchup of this weekend is actually the line out of new york against the line out of san diego right so we yep yep so so yeah because this is important right this is important the you know there's 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 going to be more you know we know there's gonna be more scrums there's probably gonna be more penalties right as players come in come in more penalties means more line outs we know new york have a really really great attacking line out right that they that, that they use very very well and I think that the San Diego lineup has to match them. I think that's going to be a very, very interesting matchup. It's a little bit like, you know, you know, it's going to be sort of like, um, was it Josh, Josh um, Furo? Um, what Ferno, Ferno. Ferno, sorry, thank you. Josh Ferno. What he's able to do as an experienced second row leading that, seeing what they can do um, up against like great jumpers like um, Nate Brakeley. So I actually think that line out matchup is going to be important because if San Diego can neutralize the New York line out, whether it's in the air, so contest in the air where they contest in the ground, I think New York's going to struggle a little bit to score points without that line out. 
yeah, I hate to do this to your power matchup, but I don't think Josh Furno's playing. So, um, yeah, this is awkward. But let's just uh, <laughs> just move on. Let's introduce our you new know, guest. What about it? why do you have to say that? Like the, pe- the people, the, professor, the people want it. respects my knowledge of rugby, mm-hmm. and they see you as like the jokey sidekick. You have to put me down. I'm sorry. I'm, I I will never blow your candles no, 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 out. No, no, so no. mine shine there, there are very few people that are as well connected um, to teams. So if I ever have any questions about lineups, Dan Powers is 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 where I go. So that's uh that's Thank just you. you've been doing your research. So I'm, Thank I'm, you, Peter. I'm impressed by that. All right, we're bringing in a new guest now. The man simply known as Stat Boy. That's boy with an I, not a Y, because he's one of the boys who's going to announce our uh, our new Super Brew Pick and Pool we're doing this year, Pete. We're going public. We're taking our Pick and Debates, our Pick and Contest publics. All right, Stat Boy, what do you got for us? You're muted, Stat Boy. What oh, a, I love it. What a, I love it. What a star. Oh, oh, my gosh. I, I totally jacked that up. I mean, not many times I get on the show. But um, <laughs> so uh, first, I want to take a little bit of a reflection on 2020 and and just probably twist the knife in Dan's heart because he lost. Um, and I'm, crowned, I'm a strong finisher. And crowned, I mean, Stat, stat Boy. <laughs> The professor Pete Steinberg uh, with the uh, abbreviated five round victory from last year, uh, 19, 10, and one. Um, although this time, you know, hey, Dan, you, you put up a good fight, 17, 12, and one. Oh, that was close. Come on. You can't put an asterisk <laughs> next to it. <laughs> but um, one of the things you guys wanted to do was fan interaction. So we've got it set up. Uh, the MLR kickoff pool is now live on Super Brew. Um, uh, if you want to see the details, the invite is on our Twitter uh, at MLR kickoff um, and also on our Facebook page. So just click the link and uh, join the pool and you will be able to pick against Pete, the professor and Dan. And, and we'll have some prizes. I'm not sure what they'll be, we have to but, that yeah. but, but we can Evan. we can dig up some stash. Yeah. Yeah. What's my? Did see. you see what my name is on the pick and pool? Oh, I haven't looked yet. No. Say it, stat boy. Say it. you know you want to. Where did where did I put that? Oh no, it's right there. I'm 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 here, man. Let's go. Um. Uh, you know, it, gorgeous Dan. We've lost gorgeous Dan. Yeah, great line from Snatch, Gorgeous George. I just was watching it, so I'm like, I'm going to steal that and put that on my name. That is a great, that is a great movie. So, so you guys can all pick against this now. Now, here's Dan. Do we, do we have to like? Is that do we have to keep our picks from from what we call on the podcast? Because like, I'd like no. to hold my pick until like Saturday morning or Friday night when I actually yeah. know some of the lineups. Yeah, we'll we'll make uh, discretionary picks tonight, and then. Look, look before kickoff on so, Super Brew for our so, real picks. So oh. to be fair, um, since we're, I'm going to put their picks on this, like on our sheet, and then when the rosters can come out so that they can be on the same footing as all of our listeners, yeah, you can then fair. put in your picks. Okay, Cool. Cool. That works. All right. Pick them time. DC at NOLA. Who you got, Pete? I got NOLA. I think I think continuity is going to be important. I think the scrum is going to give them an edge. Um, a few new players in Nola, but I think they've been upgrades. I, I think DC is going to be a great team. 
but they struggled last year. They don't have the beast this year. They struggled in the scrum with the beast, right? And mm-hmm. so there's some work to be done there. Um, so I think at the start, Nola, Nola gets this. What about what about you, Dan? What do you? I'll, I'll go to the opposite end of the team sheet. I don't know if they've replaced DTS efficiently. And you know, we talk about Danny Tusitala and we talk about Robinson, how good they are. That still rings true. Nothing's changed there. Having DTS out the back, I think, took a lot of pressure off both of them because defenses were so wary of where DTS was at all times. That's gone. Don't know who's going to play 15 for them, but I think week one, the transition might be a little bit hard. Nola, I think this is going to be a big year for Nola, and I, it's it's time. It's time in New Orleans. Uh, I think I think that's right. I think I think that I, I think Nola will start well. I think we've seen them fade in the past, and I think that that'll be their challenge. So I think Nola wins this. I, I think Nola wins this 32-21. Yeah, I, th- I think around there, same. I'll go a little higher. They'll go 35-17. Uh, All right, New York at San Diego, Dan. What's your opinion? I'm going New York, and this is an unpopular decision because San Diego 5-0. and They've had some turnover. I know you talk about the coaching staff. It's a little different when assistants get promoted because the culture doesn't shift too much. Um but the playing turnover is the one that worries me. Losing JP Duplessis, Ma Nonu, it's a lot in the midfield. They've got some great players to replace them, but it's still a lot. I think San Diego had some swagger knowing those two guys were in that midfield for them. And it was similar to 2019 with Paddy Ryan. The forward pack had swagger. You had Paddy Ryan, Lou Stanfield. You knew you weren't going to get pushed around. You weren't going to get bullied with those two in the team. You're a bit more confident. I think losing Ma and losing uh, JP it'll be a it's going to be a different San Diego team this year let's put it this way I think New York no one's talking about New York like they're just under the radar doing their thing the Greg McWilliams thing was probably like the biggest thing in the offseason we heard um got a chance to catch up with Andy Ellis still got some fire you know gas left in the tank fire in the belly and we saw with like even Joe Peterson in San Diego I'm rambling a little bit here but that leadership quality of Andy Ellis Brings a bit of swagger to the team. I'll go New York in a very tight one out there, uh, 28 27. All right. So, can we, are you able to share your contract for um, Matt McCarthy for rugby wrap up? Yeah. So you're like, is there, is, yeah. there some, is there some requirement like Matt and Steve are close? Is there some requirement for you to back New York? And that's why, you know. No, I'm, I'm no, no. Going. So I put on my full, uh, or was there a all my bias. You talked to Andy Ellis recently. I mean, which by the way, I think is an amazing pickup. I think Andy Ellis is going to be a, a stud in this league. Um, I'm just kidding, Dan. I'm just kidding. I don't think like I think New York's going to be good. Um, who's going to play 10 for them? I think probably Harry Bennett would be my guess. Um, not Big sure. Boot. Big boot, right? Big boot. Vegas Big boot. can get a little windy, so. So I, you know, I, I think I think I think there's work for New York to do. Um, I think I think they're going to be good. I, you know, one of the most exciting players for me to see this year is um, uh, Cecil Africa, because mm. the, um, yeah. the the game where MLR really struggles is in transitions. Like defensive kick chase isn't great, turnover kick chase isn't great. And when you've got one of the greatest sevens players ever, right? There in space, he's going to do some damage. So as long as San Diego can get in the ball. Right. I think it's an upgrade from Mikey Teo who's a great player. Right. But I think that that guy is going to do, do some damage. And I think San Diego wins this. And I don't think, you know, I think New York's going to do OK. I think, you know, we talked about the line out. Right. And we talked about San Diego um, needing to have discipline. 
So I think New York going to score some points, but I think San Diego scores more. So I think this is going to be um, 44-31 San Diego. Okay, so we've got our first difference. All right, New England at the Coliseum. Oh, let's toss it. I mean, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> a tie. It's going to be a tie. You're starting to sound like me. This is a weird um, season already. You know, I really like um, Ryan Martin. I, I think I think he's the right coach for that team. Um, I think they're going to be a hardworking team. I think they're going to have a great culture. Um, I think they're going to. Um, uh, I think they're going to have a lot of strengths. I think I feel like those strengths are going to come into play later on in the season. I think the mm-hmm. start for all the teams. I think the strengths that they bring are sort of their ability to sustain. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, um, I think they've got, they've made some great additions. I think they've got some, some great players. What, what, what I'm not sure about on LA is, is whether they've got the pack that can give the, the, the ball to the backs. Um, mm. But, but I think, you know, with the travel, some of the weather, uh, you know, I think LA, you know, they've got a lot of very experienced players. They've got a lot of very experienced coaching staff that'll, That'll mean something early, even though they you know, haven't played much together. I, I think LA, but I think this is going to be a scrappy game. I think it's going to be LA very close, 22-20. Yeah. My boy, Langy Langy, he's taking more ribs than Texas Roadhouse, and he's going to take some more. He's going to take some. I'm so excited. God, I hope he makes the roster um, because I'll be, I'll be crying if he's not. I, I agree. I think the travel in this one is going to be a big difference. Uh, also, again, uh, information I probably should have told you before we went to this one. Terra Matembu is still not here. So the marquee signing for the Free Jacks at eight. If he's here, I think this is a much closer game than what it is. Having your marquee players in Gitto and Adam Ashley Cooper here already and settled in the two-week camp. They, they were together for two weeks and doing all this stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I, I get the benefits of training in the snow, but you're not going to be playing in the snow. It's a fast track. It's an open track. They've been in a bubble. It's just not the same. Like even kicking, kicking yeah. in a bubble. It's like, it's not the same. You can't. And I don't know. I just feel like LA is going to be a little bit better prepared for this one. And the, the big names and the bright lights of Hollywood might be a little bit too much for New England. But tight game. I'll go, uh, I'll go 32-27. That's, okay. that's good. All right, Dan. So let's, um, was I was uh, 22-20 LA. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's go. Be that low? Yeah. Because I think, I, I think it's going to be really scrappy. Interesting. They put 40-odd points up against Austin. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, like, like I said, pre-seasons. Fair enough. Um, Carry on. Your show. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's our show. Uh, all right. So, Dan, Toronto and Atlanta, what's your, what's your pick? So, your last game was flip a coin. This is my flip a coin for the week. I don't know because it's, if the Argentinians that Toronto have signed could go out and win a game by themselves. Like, uh, Tukulat and uh, Gonzalez, Cruz Gonzalez, unbelievable players. I mean, it's it's and, funny how 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 Toronto's had a South American like like a couple of guys went up there, loved it, they love it, they love it. Yeah. And I mean, it's a very cosmopolitan city, right? I'm sure there's yep. like South South American like stores and restaurants and stuff, but they love it. And they've literally gone back and told their mates, "You guys need to come up." Yeah. Here. And it's 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 been a great it's 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 been a great benefit to Toronto. I agree. I mean, those guys, there's some great players there. Yeah, it's yeah yeah that that one would be one I'd want to see the roster. 
just to see who's playing because there's a couple oh, well, of players. Hold it, hold it. What, if I, what if I secretly had roster information that I didn't tell you to after the pick? Would you like? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would probably say I deserve it. There's a history of me doing that to you. But um, listen, I... Toronto, just, just through the consistency of the squad and... I, I I see the emotion of like having to pack up and leave like week one. You're pretty steeled, you know. You're like, all right, let's let's do this. Let's yeah, show them that we can do yeah, this. So there's a little bit of like, you know, there's the good yeah. rallying challenge of overcome. Oh, let's, let's overcome this by week six. Everyone's like, let's just go home. But I want to go home. Five, yeah, like, it's a challenge that we have to overcome, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, so just to, what's the score? I'll go Toronto. I think this one's going to be the tightest game of the week. I will go uh, 25-23. Yeah, I think I think that's probably right. I mean, I think this is going to be a, a, a close game. Um, you know, I think I think Atlanta can put can put pressure, but I, I it's hard it's hard kind of where you are right now. Yeah, picking against Toronto. Um, you know, you did pick against San Diego, so it's nice yeah, to see that one of the five and O teams you from last year that, that, that you're backing for this year. Um, so I think I think I think it's probably right. I think it's. Um, but I think this this could be a real grind. I think this this might be like the lowest scoring game so far. So I think this will be Toronto, but I think it's gonna be something like 17-12. Mm, yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think it'll be, it'll be tight. It'll be tight. All right. Utah at Austin. And remember, Paul Oakenfold on the ones and twos. Could be a game breaker right there. Uh, I I mean, I mean, like, I don't know. So if I pick Utah this week, they lose. And then I don't pick them next year, and they win next week, and they win. Isn't that how it goes? Like, yeah. So like, whatever you want to do, do the opposite. With do Utah the opposite, right? Yeah. Um, look, I, I like Utah. I think new coach, some some pretty significant turnover in the team. Um, Austin, I think have been building. I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Austin here. I think this game will be a little bit more wide open. Um, I think I think this will be, um, and it'll be pretty close. But I think Austin pulls away at the end. I think it's Austin 34, Utah 25. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to go into that one. I think I think Utah could have a really good year. They've got. A, I think so too. I just think it's a bit early for them. Yeah, I think young young roster. Yeah, young roster can grow into it. Yeah, I agree. So I'll go uh, 34-22 down there. A little comfortable win for Austin. All right. Um, do I have to do this one? I'm doing this game. Seattle, Houston. Oh yeah. So 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 you don't call it right. So it's just me. Mm-hmm. Or you call it secretly. This is Sam Windsor versus Brad Tucker. I mean, you really oh, want me to do this? You, right? That's right. You want to rip me open? It's like you don't want to break anyone's heart. Um, no. You know, I think uh, you know. I, I'm, I'm, you know, in all of these, we would like to see the roster, right? So we're calling this early in the week, um, and so it's really difficult to know. We don't even know some. You know, there are probably some some players coming in this week that we don't um, that have been signed, but maybe haven't um, come in. Um, yeah. I. I you know, um, Houston to me um, need to show first. Like I think I, I I like what they're doing. I like the coaching staff down there. Um, I, I think they've got some quality players. But but to me, I, they need to earn the pick with with a performance. Um, Seattle I think have um, have earned it in the past, even with a bad start last season. Um, so you know, Seattle have some real quality players who know how to win an MLR. Houston haven't shown that yet. So I'll go with Seattle. Um, I think this is going to be, um, I don't think this will, you know, I think this will be another relatively low scoring game. I think it'll be Seattle 24, um, Houston 17. Yeah. 
It'd be a good game. Two of the original members going at it. So, and it's kind of weird, right? Because Houston, you one had that huge off season and did great that long preseason. Everyone's like, yeah. Houston's going to just uh, destroy everyone. This is an all Seattle win the whole thing, and everyone's like, we're not hearing anything from Seattle. What are they going to do? You know, it's like Canada's you know second team they've sent down here, and then they win the whole thing. So, well, I mean, I think I think one of the things that that Seattle have, I mean. When Seattle won it the first year, I think I consistently picked against them, right? Because because they like you you could see that their structures weren't that great, um, you know that that their execution wasn't that great, but they just had this mental strength that they just weren't going to let it go, right? And 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 I think they've still got enough players there. I think they lost that a little bit last year, was a little bit of just the doggedness that's like we're going to win the game, and so yeah. that's what they did. So, so I, think, I think I think they'll get that get that back. I think a lot of their success is going to be based around um, uh, um, like what their midfield is like because their midfield, you know, um, Shalom Sanu is coming back and playing again. It was, yeah. it was key for their first two years, um, both at twelve. Um, whenever they they didn't have him at twelve, like what's Ben Seema's growth going to be like? Um, you know, is he can he really take that ten spot and make it his own? I think there's a lot of questions. That, that Seattle have, but I think they're questions with quality players. Jeez, I'm looking forward to seeing them run around again. This is going to be great. Final oh, thoughts, Pete. Yeah, Week one. What are your final thoughts? Give me, give me something. Wrap it up in so, the package. So, look, I mean, I mean, I think that sort of my view going into this is I, is I think that we should go into this with kindness, right? So I think that we should go in recognizing the long off season and whether it's MLR operations, whether it's on the TV, in the stadium, like it's been a long time since anyone's done something. So it's going to be both off the field and on the field, there's going to be some rust. And so like we shouldn't be too harsh on the performances this weekend, right? I think that probably when you look at the inability to play preseason, we're not going to know who the best teams are until maybe week, week three or week four, right? These are basically preseason games. Right. Um, you know, there are some teams that just haven't played any games. So this first game is basically their first preseason game. Um, and there's going to be challenges around COVID and there's going to be groups of players that aren't going to be able to play and they have to quarantine. I mean, all that stuff's going to happen. But I think what we do is we go into this weekend celebrating um, American rugby, um, North American rugby. We celebrate that rugby's being played and um, we just sit back and just like soak it all in. Right, no judgments. Have fun. Just, just like you know, I, you know, we'll we'll sit down and analyze it on Monday and Tuesday. But just enjoy the fact that we get to watch North American rugby. MLR's back, and there'll be mistakes and drop balls and bad decisions, and we should laugh at all of them. That's I agree. My- I'll try not to. Fox Sports Two Saturday, people, turn it on, even if you're not at home. Turn it on, CBS Saturday night. Fox Sports 2 on Tuesday at 5.30. DVR it if you can't watch it. The Professor, Pete Steinberg, will be on there along with uh, our dear friend Stacey Pates and Mark Stabina. So a lot of exciting stuff coming down the pipe. And uh, love you all. Can't wait. Rugby's back. How good is that? So good. So good. Excited. You want to wrap it up? Just something Woo! different? Woo! Good man. For Pete Steinberg, Aaron Castro. Oh, Leave a review, five stars, write Thank a you. review. There you go. Get down the bottom. We haven't had a review in a while, so we've got, we got to figure out an incentive to get them on there. We'll stew over that during the opening weekend. We'll come back. 
or some incentive uh, online. Maybe maybe we'll have the best review uh, for Superbrew come onto the show and do their picks live with us on the show. Oh, there you go. Bom, 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 oh, bom. Boom. No rosters. Welcome to our world. Anything else? You good? No, Dan. Good luck. Good luck this weekend. Um, I'll, Thanks, buddy. I'm, I mean, I, I won't be judging anything except your call. That's so, right. That's I, I didn't know if that was directed at me. The no judgment thing. People are going to make mistakes. This guy, he's going to make mistakes. So. All right. For Pete Steinberg, Aaron Castro, producer. I'm Dan Powell. This has been the MLR kickoff. MLR kickoff brought to you by shopmlr.com. Powered by the Rugby Shop.